In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. That's verse 1 of our text. Or if you like the last verse better, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Man proposes, God disposes. That's an old English proverb. Man proposes, God disposes. Man makes his plans, but only if God says so. Only if God says so. In our bulletin this morning, we have some proposed plans. Well, a lot of proposed plans, but one in particular. Our, our life team, <clears throat> Trinity Life Team, picked dates for next summer for our trip to the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Hey, June 16, 17, and 18. Will that happen? June 16, 17, and 18? Will we be in Petersburg, Kentucky on June 17th, that Monday? If God says so. Only if God says so. Man can plan, man can propose, but God says so. Just this year, I was, my memory is not always really good, but I know for sure of at least two people that told me they had vacations planned and they had to cancel them. And this is pretty common. This is something we're kind of used to. They planned, but God said otherwise. Only if God says so. Now, maybe you remember from your confirmation days, the, the churchly way of saying that is, if it be your will, if it be according to the Lord's will. But we're just going to say this morning, if God says so. So, think about yourself. What's on your schedule this week? Gonna get your hair cut, got a doctor appointment. What, what's on your schedule this fall? Got anything planned? Next year, you got trips already planned for next year? Well, will you get your hair cut this week? Probably, but only if God says so. Will we be cutting apples this week and freezing them for the uh, corn festival pies? That's the plan, I've been told. Only if God says so. Having a knee surgery later this year? Only if God says so. Buying a new home in the next year? Only if God says so. Are you a pastor who has a plan to get a bell in your church's bell tower? <laughs> Only if God says so. Only if God says so. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Now, that is easy enough. I don't think any of you are going to like balk at that. You all know that already. That's why you buy travel insurance. If you're going to dump thousands of dollars on a, you know, some big, big trip with a travel, you book the travel insurance because you don't know what's going to happen. Only if God says so, right? But we're talking about something much deeper than that. I'm not just telling you, you know, hey, your plans may change. God is talking about imprinting himself way deep down into our hearts. He wants this to be down into your very core of who you are, in your very heart, only if God says so. We're, what we're talking about is getting rid of a lot of other garbage that we hear. Things like this. Just believe in yourself and it will happen. Garbage. We're talking about getting rid of something like this. Just follow your heart and you will succeed garbage. 
or you can do anything you set your heart to. We're talking about replacing those things that if I say so with if God says so. We're talking about the first commandment. You shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Our hearts can't be trusted. They can't. And that's what we're going to spend some serious talk about in these next minutes. Our hearts can't be trusted. The only answer to our unfaithful hearts is the faithful heart of God in Jesus Christ. And then, if we get that, then this morning we can talk about with Christ in our hearts, we can commend all of our work and all of our life and say, if you say so, Lord. All right, let's get there. Most of the book of Proverbs comes from King Solomon. So I want to remind you a little bit about King Solomon this morning. King Solomon was one of the wisest men to ever walk the earth. In fact, I'm hesitating to say, but I think I could say that after Jesus, King Solomon was the wisest man. But I don't know if I'd get in trouble. Maybe Moses gets in there before Solomon. I'm not sure exactly. But he is one of the wisest men to ever walk the earth. He was the one, to remind you real quickly, he was the one who famously decreed to cut a baby in half And if you remember, two mothers were arguing. Both of them said it was her child. And they brought it to King Solomon and said, both these women say it's their child. And King Solomon says, well, cut the baby in half. And the one who, of course, is not the mother says, okay, fine. If I can't have the baby, she can't have the baby either. But, of course, the real and true mother says, no, don't, don't cut the baby in half. Just give it to her. So this was an example the Bible gives of how wise Solomon was. The queen of Sheba comes from miles away. She's heard how wise and wealthy King Solomon is. She can't believe it. She says, basically, it's like a Thomas thing. I'm not going to believe it unless I see it with my own eyes. She comes, takes a look at Solomon's wisdom and wealth, and then she says, I wasn't even told half of your wealth and wisdom. That's how blown away she was. Now, if you still don't believe me, Let me read you just a few lines from 1 Kings 10 about the wealth and wisdom of Solomon. King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. The whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen. And the king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stone. Silver, he was so rich that silver was as common as rocks. The guy's got money. He's got wisdom. And yet, do you know the rest of the story? As wise as King Solomon was, he couldn't even trust his own heart. His heart led him away. He learned something very important about his own unfaithful heart. So let me give you the very first verse of chapter 11. Now, King Solomon loved many foreign women. In fact, he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. That's 1,000 women if you do the math. The wisest man next to Jesus, right? What happened? 
In verse 4 it says, When Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God. You can't trust your heart. If you believe in yourself and follow your heart, guess what? You'll end up the same place as King Solomon, because our hearts can't be trusted. He learned this. That's why he wrote to us in verse 2 today. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. See, this is the reason we can't trust our hearts, because what we do, we we just justify everything that our heart wants to do. I mean, we do it so easily. Okay? We always think we're right. It will always be I say so instead of if God says so. Don't trust your heart. For one thing, you and I hold double standards all the time. I'm sure you've caught yourself doing this. You get so angry at someone. How could they do that? And then it hits you. Uh, I do the exact same thing all the time. And yet we're right in our own eyes, right? Don't trust your heart. Certain sins in us, they become so habituated, so habitual. They're, they're habits that are so strong, we don't even notice them anymore. If someone told us we were doing that, we would say, I don't do that. You can't trust your heart. Don't trust your heart. We tend to think that all our sins are small and hence no big deal at all. Don't trust your heart. There are many sins that we get used to because they become like community sins. Everybody does them. And we think, oh, well, what's the big deal? Everybody does it. Do you know how many years in the Old Testament people lived with polygamy? A long time. How how was that happening? They were ignorant. There was community ignorance. They couldn't trust their hearts. They lived like it was normal to have multiple wives. Look at King Solomon. This is ridiculous. You know how many years Christians live in the United States and in other countries with forced slavery? Have you ever thought how in the world were they doing that and thought it was okay? That's our hearts. You can't trust our hearts. This is our problem. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. It was the problem of Solomon. It's our problem. Now, money and wisdom, like King Solomon had, they're good. And you can do a lot of good things with money and wisdom. But the temptation is to put the money and wisdom into our hearts, to trust them rather than to trust in God. So what's the answer? Oh, it's a wonderful answer. Verse 6. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. What's the answer? Yahweh is the answer. That's the Hebrew name for God. And in every verse except one of of our reading today, the word Yahweh is it. So I would give you a little tip. I've said this in Bible study. When a lot of translations in the Old Testament, if it capitalizes every letter in the word Lord, like, our, like it does in the bulletin answer today, that tells you it's the proper name, Yahweh, I am in Hebrew. Okay? That's the answer. God is telling us, take your heart and Yahweh and bring them together. The faithful Lord is the answer to our unfaithful hearts. The steadfast love and faithfulness of the Lord, Solomon says, has atoned for our iniquity. He has covered the sin in our heart with the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what the word atonement means, covering it up. Even King Solomon with his thousand wives, his sin 
was covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, atoned for. And so he says in Proverbs 3.5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Now, okay, what do you do then? Solomon has some last wise advice for you. What you ought to do now with your heart and with your plans and your schedule and your work. Verse 3, Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So here's what you do. Finally, rubber hitting the road of this sermon. Take all your plans this week, all your plans this fall, all your plans next year, all the plans for the rest of your life. Take all your work that you're going to do this week, all your work that you plan to do the rest of your life. Take all your schedule. Take it all and say... If you say so, Lord. If God says so, then it will be. I will propose it. God will dispose it. The word for commit, in commit your work to the Lord in Hebrew, is to roll it over, literally. It's to roll it over. Roll it off of yourself onto the Lord. So take your work, roll it over to the Lord, and say, if you say so, Lord, I don't trust my own heart, but I trust God the faithful and steadfast Lord, if you say so, Lord. That's what we're going to do. Now, if, I, if you could bear with me, or go along with me, please open your hymnals to hymn 422. Hymn 422. You know it, at least many of you do that have been coming to church here a while, you know it well. Hymn 422. We're going to close the sermon today singing this together a cappella. Okay, but I'm going to prep you for it before we sing it. Do you know the, the now famous slogan of Capital One is, what's in your wallet, right? What's in your wallet? Well, the slogan of King Solomon and Proverbs is, what's in your heart? If it's a bank card, then you're in trouble. If it's the Lord, and if it's faith in Christ, then you're golden. Then you are loaded. You are rich, okay? So this hymn is going to sing that to us. On my heart, imprint your image. Right here, blessed Jesus, King Grace. Now, I never understood this. This is why I'm singing it, because I got so excited. That's why we're singing it, because I got so excited about it. I never knew where this hymn came from. It comes from this uh, Thomas Kingo, about 350 years ago, wrote 29 verses about the passion of Jesus. We're going to sing all of them. No, we're going to sing them. The, the middle one is this one. And it, it's at the part where Pilate tells them to put this right up there, put the sign above the cross that says, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. That's the first, the four letters stand for that. I-N-R-I, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. So this, Thomas Kingo says, instead of that inscription above the cross, inscribe on my heart, imprint on my heart, your image, blessed Jesus, King of Grace. Why? So that life's riches, cares, and pleasures may never erase the Lord. So that I won't start saying, if I say so, instead of, if God says so. So we're going to sing it together, okay? On my heart imprint your image.
peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.